I said, I guess Command and Conquer is new-ish. Oh, I forgot to turn off the fan. One second. Oh, you have fans? <laughs> Michael has fans. He can't hear me. He's away from the computer. Now he came back. Now he can hear me again. I can see the recording, so whatever creepy <laughs> stuff you're doing. <laughs> Stop. Are you ready to record, Michael? Yes. Uh... <laughs> I agree. Okay. Welcome to Two Nerds. Maybe more with your host, Michael Strasinski. And Martin Larson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 17 of Two Nerds Maybe More. I am one half of this show by blah, 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 blah. I am one half of this show. I go by the name of Michael, and hopefully speaking better than me this morning slash afternoon is Marty. Marty, how are you doing today? I am uh, doing pretty good. I will try my best to speak the English language, uh, (laughs) which, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try to do right now. Normally right here right now i would be making some weird stupid uh comment about something going on in the world and that we should talk about it because it's an important political issue uh i'm not going to do that today because i'm not a comedian uh, and all the stuff that's going on right now it's, it's really difficult to make you know a sober joke about it and you know get away with it so i will not yeah. I will refrain from doing that and instead i will just say that uh, if you're out there in the world and doing stuff remember to you know just look out for yourself look out for others and treat people how you want it to be treated basically don't be a dick just be a nice person to whoever you meet Yes, there are uh, real political issues going on right now that are, uh, it's a it's a horrible situation, and it shouldn't have gotten as far as it has, but it has, and we've hit another boiling point, and hopefully this will be the last time that we have to go through this, and we all learn to treat each other with respect and equality. Yes. Anyway, on that note, my... Thought processes are not working right now. Uh, I I woke up about just like an hour or so ago, which is not... Re- it's pretty late. It's 11 o'clock right now. But I stayed up late last night because I decided to start a movie at around... What was it? Like 9.30 or so. I decided to start Ooh. this movie. And I know um, the movie. I, lo- I know how long it was. <laughs> um, it's a movie that both Marty and I watched. I had to watch it last night because... The other day I watched a movie because Marty said, oh, no, I'm not going to watch the other one. So I didn't watch it because I wanted us to both watch it within the same week. But he decided to watch it anyway. So I had to watch it yesterday. But the movie that we are talking about. I did warn you. I did warn you and said that, hey, if I'm if I'm, you know, not up to speed, which I am basically still I'm still a little bit uh, sick. So I I hope you don't catch my germs (laughs) through the mic. Um, I hope not as well. (laughs) Uh, but no, so I, I I did take off a half day off work and and you know watched this movie and good good thing I did because holy crap that's a long movie Michael it's it's three hours it's like two and a half hours but the movie that we're talking about everybody is Doctor Sleep well I I watched the director's cut version then. Minus, oh, just, minus minus three hours. Oh, I, mine was two I, and a half. I just watched the the one that you could rent on Amazon Prime Video. Like the version that I watched was three hours. Oh, legit. Yeah. Maybe you had commercials. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we watched Doctor Sleep, and for those who don't know, Doctor Sleep is based off of the book Doctor Sleep, which was written by Doctor King. Dr. King. Dr. Uh, King. Stephen King is sorry. Oh, political issues King. are still uh, persisting through here. Uh, it was written by Stephen King, and it is the sequel, per se. I don't. Yeah, it's technically a sequel because it still continues on the same storyline. It is actually the sequel to The Shining. Mm. Um, this in Ooh. this movie, you follow uh, the the kid in the first movie, Danny. Big question, big yes. question, Michael. Um, do you 
the the movie adaptation of The mm-hmm. Shining. A lot of people are praising it mm-hmm. and think it's a great movie. What do you think about it? Because I have a maybe unpopular opinion about it. So I like it, but I did see the movie later on. So I didn't see it when I was young. So it doesn't have like this really nostalgic, like, oh my God, it was so great because it mm-hmm. was like the first time that we'd seen like uh, blah, blah, blah with it, whatever. Uh, I watched it probably in my early adulthood, like probably around like 17 or 18 ish is when I first watched the movie, mm-hmm. which for a horror fan is probably like, they're like, Oh my God, you what? But <laughs> I don't really consider these like traditional horror. They're more like psychological, uh, suspense type movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it. Do I think it's the greatest thing ever? No, there's definitely flaws in it. It's a, it's a bit, I think it suffers from the same thing that this movie kind of suffers with a bit, which is pacing. Mm-hmm. Um, and just especially if, if your version was only two and a half hours, I mean, holy crap! What did they cut out? Because <laughs> I felt like the version I watched was was fast paced. <laughs> so yeah, I don't really know. Um, it's I need to rewatch The Shining too because it's been a long time since I've seen it. I've I've seen I've actually I've seen it when I was younger, and I've actually rewatched it um, like I don't know five years ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really like it either at the times. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of this movie and I've never really have been and uh, neither was Stephen King by the way he didn't really like that movie adaptation either and I mm-hmm. think that is also partly why I still don't like it uh, because you know I'm, I'm a huge Stephen King fan but no I personally no I didn't really like it either Stephen King actually co-produced I think a, a TV movie in two parts of The Shining as well that I mm. actually I mean sure it has TV movie quality but I actually liked it more than than than, than uh, the the proper movie adaptation. Okay, uh, well let's uh let's move on to this one. Like what yeah, do you think about it. what do you think about this one? Like we we kind of hinted at the pacing. I know that was an issue that you brought up initially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the pacing, you can definitely feel like it's a book and it, you can definitely feel it's a Stephen King book that they tried to make a movie of. And even though that mine has apparently roughly 25 minutes more scenes or something like that uh, compared to the one you saw, I still mm-hmm. think that, you know, it was really fast paced. And knowing Stephen King, you just know that, that there's so so much stuff going on inside the heads of people mm-hmm. and things like yeah, that. And yeah, I, yeah. I, do feel like, I do feel like they did a decent job of portraying it in this movie, but you just know that there's so much more. There's so much more going on and things like that and you, you could feel that so i mean i like the movie it's not a bad movie at all i really enjoyed enjoyed it um but it also really gave me i really want to re- i really want to go get the book and read it now it gave Which me that feeling. i did i've hmm. read the book i read it a few years back uh and i thought it was really good i really enjoyed it and my history with Stephen king novels is not really like extensive i don't read a lot of stephen king and it's not because i don't like it it's just either a i don't have have the book and i just never went and got it or b i looked at how long it was and i didn't go towards it um because <laughs> i do have it and the book is a monster like a book in itself is a monster length it's like, like it's three huge books isn't it, as well oh, the version I that i read is in three books i think yeah so i have it it's huge i haven't read it all obviously mm. but i like stephen king stuff i like how he blends um like the supernatural horror elements with real human uh, vices and things like that. Like these are mm. human characters. Um, like in Dr. Sleep, you see how the trauma that Danny faced as a kid um, from The Shining has carried over into his adult life. And if I have a vi- if I have a complaint about the movie is that I feel like the book went a bit more in depth in his actual issues Mm. Um, as a as an individual like yeah the movie touches on it you see bits of it here and there but for the most part it it's just in the background you know like yeah. um it, it I, 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 i've been thinking that you know it should have been like an, an eight episode series or something like that i think that would have done way more justice just like a limited series maybe even eight not even eight i don't know but at least you know like a, a limited series so mm-hmm. you could actually delve a little bit more into all the, all the small things that the story is actually about. I don't, I don't necessarily want it to be like an eight-season thing or anything. Just one limited series, uh, four, eight uh, episodes, mm-hmm. some, somewhere in between there. I think that would have suited the the overall story so much better. 
But, I think that what what we're starting to see nowadays is with like the success of those miniseries or even like just a standalone season of things like mm. when you watch the haunting of hill house or the three-part mm. uh, dracula you see the power that simply not trying to cram everything into yes. one film can like really help you express things and uh like flesh things out and it's really interesting to think about the idea of hey Let's not make a movie about this book, but rather let's take our time and make like a series about this mm. book and just simply stick with the book and let's wait till the author's done with it rather than start creating our own ending and <laughs> make everybody mad at the writing of the last episode and the last two seasons type deal. But we're not going to go there. Oh, um, <laughs> one, <thing, laughs> one thing that I really did like was um, that they had found actors uh, that looked similar to the actors in the original movie mm -hmm. yeah uh, which i really liked even though that i think the movie did change something i don't remember exactly but i, I do feel like the movie changed a few things compared to the book mm. uh so and, and i think the sequel dr sleep is just you know picking up from the book and not so much from the movie uh but they did keep that you know uh resemblance between it so, so people who had seen the other movie would you know recognize mm. them and stuff like that and I, th i think that was really really cool i think it was a uh you know a nice tip with the hat to the to the original material and stuff like that so uh, i think well, well done on that on that part yeah uh on that note the mother looked really close like to the original actress mm. like that was really well done uh I guess I guess we could do like we don't we don't really do this. I never really asked you, but let's just go with a. Um, did you like it? Did you do you think that people should watch it? Uh, yeah, I I, I do think people should watch it. I do think it, it's it's a good movie. Uh, it is fast paced, but I, it's not like. You know, sometimes stuff can just feel so horribly fast paced that you're like, holy crap, what happened here? I, I don't How did feel... we get here? Like... Yeah, exactly. I don't feel, I, I do feel, I don't feel the movie does that. I do feel like it, it's still uh, a movie that you can watch. Um, just, you know, like that. Uh, I, I think you don't even have to watch the first movie. If you haven't mm -hmm. seen The Shining, you don't even have to go watch that. You, you can jump in and just watch this as it is, as, as its own story. Uh, and if you have seen The Shining, you'll see all the small Easter eggs and stuff like that that's in there. And so I think I think it actually works as a standalone movie and, and something I, I would recommend you. Uh, it's not strictly a horror, though. I still I think you... you You were right when you said it. It's like a, uh, uh, what what did you call it? Like a, 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 it's like a psychological suspense, yeah, yeah. Uh, movie. Like I was gonna say thriller, but it's not really necessary. Like no. a thriller, like people aren't jumping off of uh, skyscrapers at the end or anything <laughs> like that. It is much more of a, uh, like a supernatural thriller. Mm. Um, it's very much based in the real world, but with supernatural people within this world. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So yes, I would I would recommend it. What, what about you, Michael? Did I would definitely recommend it. I I actually I really like the movie. Um, I thought that the actors, like all around, uh, were great. Like I thought they there was no actor in there that I really was like, why is this person even in there? Like, mm. uh, I thought that there was good stuff going on, especially with the people that have the forefront of it. I think they did a really good job. Um, Yes, you will miss some things if you haven't either A, read this book or seen slash read The Shining, but it's not huge things that you're going to uh, not understand this. Uh, so, Dr. Yep. Sleep, check it out. I'm going to move on really quick to this next movie, which I mentioned earlier that I watched. This one is more of a traditional horror. Um, it is also supernatural horror in the sense of like possession and things like that. And it is called Veronica. It is a Spanish film based in Spain. I think it was also made in Spain. I could be wrong there. It's, it's, an, it's on Netflix. It is... It's a pretty good movie. I really enjoyed it. It's not necessarily like in your face scary, but it has like like the horror undertones. And yes, you do have like those possession type deals that are a bit creepy and things like that. It's not over the top. Mm. I think that it's it's really well done. I definitely suggest people give it a go. Yeah, I really like when when movies are not just jump scares. I mean, sure, a, a good jump scare timed right is perfect and it works. But it it what what I really like. 
and I and that's the feeling that I get from you that it's it, it, it isn't this isn't a is when you have that you know long stretch of time where you you can just feel you yeah. know the, the you just feel creeped out for 10 minutes and 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 then finally something happens that releases that you know uh tenseness or whatever uh, <laughs> that I think stuff like that works so much better than just you know oh let's we, we need eight jump scares and then we can call it a horror movie yeah this one is one of those that's more of like um the horror aspect like yes there's like supernatural possession and things like that and it, that in itself depending on how scared you are of that stuff can be a bit for you but it is more so at least for me one of those movies that uh you see the effects over time that it mm. has on the characters and then it leads you to the ending and you're just like oh man that sucks no, <laughs> not like the ending sucks but just the end of it <laughs> all right so all right. that's it for our movies we're done we're gonna do the things that we normally do which is focus on video games because yes. this is a video game podcast despite what people might think <laughs> is it is it michael it is uh okay. go ahead uh what have you been playing first let's go ahead with one of yours All right, uh, I will actually uh, combine one of mine to uh, two of mine to one of mine. Uh, I have I recently d jumped back into Sims 4 um, just because I don't know. I, I just felt like building building a house, and I also got <laughs> uh, at, at the same time with the same thing that happens every time I go back to the Sims 4 is that I, I go in and I buy you know those build uh, build uh, your own bundle sort of thing where you can buy an expansion. Uh, a game pack and and other stuff uh, or whatever it's called, it's called, uh, and then get a, a discounted price. And obviously, I did this uh, again this time, and I got uh, among others, I got the pets, cats and dogs, uh, <laughs> and you can make your own uh, vet, uh, build your own vet uh, and stuff like that. So yeah, I jumped into that, did that a little bit, but and while I was in the Sims world. Uh, all of a sudden on our Discord, you guys started talking about mentioning uh, SimCity. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, SimCity. It's a long time since I've played any of them. I don't have, I actually don't have uh, any of the games these days. So I would have to buy one. So I was like, hey, guys, which one would you recommend me to get? And we had a long talk about it. And I ended up buying SimCity to, from 2013. Uh, and I've really been enjoying it so far. Uh, it, it's, it is good fun it's simple enough for me to enjoy it a lot uh it's also advanced enough for me to still enjoy it when i've played it for a while mm -hmm. uh, so yeah i'm having a really good time uh, with it at the moment and i love the whole thing with you can have multiple cities in the same area and you can act you can help each other so if you have a, a Uh, a lot of police you can send them to the other towns and uh, if the other towns have something else then you can trade back and forth stuff like that uh it makes creating a new town a little bit easier um mm -hmm. because you, you can help each other like that that's really cool i can also see how this would work in multiplayer that it would be really cool to play in multiplayer but i'm not i'm just playing it single um yeah yeah so sim city 2013 if anybody has any history out there and remembers when this game launched I actually got it launch day. Um, it was like the first SimCity game that I really got into. And it was plagued at launch with, uh, I think it was like you always had to be online and then everything was crashing because there were so many people trying to play. It just, it wasn't running well. And then once you were able to get in, people did not like the fact that it's so small. Mm. Like, if you've played any of the previous SimCity games, like SimCity uh, 2000, SimCity 4, they're these giant cities. And this one was much more pared down in the sense of, like, how big you could actually get your city. Now, people didn't like that, which is part of the reason that I did like it. Mm. I liked it because this one, I didn't feel so overwhelmed with everything else like when i tried to play SimCity 4 SimCity 2000 it was just it was beyond me like i just couldn't comprehend it i didn't have experience with the genre i was too young and then when i finally got into this one i was like this is more of my thing i can understand what's going on here mm. um it is i think in essence kind of meant to be played with other people 
Mm. Like, yes, you can have your own thing and you can do your own thing. But like you mentioned, there are like subplots on the outside of yours. There's like four or something like that per map or something along those lines. And each person can specialize their city in a different way. Someone can be tourism. Another one can be waste management. And you can build this uh, giant ecosystem with different people that have different roles and things like that, which I think is a very interesting idea. But I think there's still enough there to have fun on your own. Yes. I have it through Origin Access because I pay for Origin Access and it's free mm. on there. The complete mm. edition. So I don't have to go buy, buy anything else. Um, <laughs> but I like SimCity. I like yeah. SimCity. Yeah. One thing that I found quite uh, fun and interesting as well is that uh, there is a family in there called Land Grab. Mm-hmm. Uh, that owns a lot of business, a lot of stores, a lot of buildings, stuff like that. Which and they are also in The Sims, Sims Four. The same family lives in there, <laughs> and I, I actually learned today uh, that there is actually lore in The Sims world and stuff like that. Uh, there is uh, also uh, conspiracy theories because there's a certain characters that are missing and stuff like that. And <laughs> I'm just so intrigued that a game I would never have guessed that in a game series like The Sims or SimCity for that matter, that there is actual lore in there. I didn't know that either. No, and, and there is, and I'm so, I'm so amazed by it. I think it's so <laughs> cool. Um, so yeah, uh, but no, I'm, that that's what I've, I've, I've been having, have mainly this week, I've been having fun just simming. Nice. Not the, not the boring World of Warcraft kind. <laughs> um, I've been delving into some different things here. Uh, I don't know much about what to say about this game, but it was part of the Humble Bundle, and I was looking for a bit of a of an escape to just kind of get away and just relax a bit. So I downloaded Chess Ultra, and the game one looks really nice. I mean, it's a chess game. How much can you really do, right? But uh, <laughs> it's chess. It's just regular old chess. But they have like different pieces that you can buy through like the store and things like that. I didn't buy anything. I'm just using the base set and all that. But it puts you in this room that makes you feel like you're very um, like a posh British individual that's like sitting in their armchair smoking their pipe with their friend and I think like on the tea yeah on the table was like Bram Stoker's Dracula like just the cover of it and it was just there I played with Tom actually because he doesn't have much experience with chess and I'm not the greatest at chess either but it has like classical music on in the background and you're just relaxing having a nice time playing chess and I recommend it if you're looking for something like that it can also help teach you how to play chess if you never really played chess before and you want to get like the basics down you just click on a piece and it will show you all the movements of that piece so you can start to learn the concepts i have a very important uh, question when it comes to this chess game of yours mm-hmm. so when when your pieces are you know, when you take another uh, of your opponent's pieces do the pieces actually battle with each other no it's not one of those like it's uh, not like a, like a battle chess or anything like that like you're that's... not gonna suddenly see like a knight like running through a pawn or something like that yeah, it's not I'm gonna not, cut away not it's, interested then not interested. sorry in it's chess in its basic form right <laughs> which is why i like it um <laughs> and then i've also been playing a new game that just came out it's a new Ooh. old game it is command and conquer the remake uh we spoke about this off off uh recording a little bit of interest from both of us. Hmm. Uh, Command and Conquer is one of those games that, unfortunately, I couldn't really get to because it was a bit before, I guess, my my time. gaming ability to play. Not before my time, but more <laughs> so my gaming ability to play it, yeah. per se. Uh, it's almost like the original StarCraft, where I had to go back to StarCraft 1 hmm. after StarCraft 2. And my experience with Command and Conquer is mainly Command and Conquer 3 Tiberium Wars. Mm. uh, And then even still very limited because I didn't have a PC. So Command and Conquer the remake, I jumped in and immediately it's very 90s. Very (laughs) 90s. The cutscenes are are amazing. I love it. They're so cheesy and it's, it's a great time. 
And when you first log into it, it does this really cool thing. Most games, when it's downloading all the stuff that it needs to do upon its initial load up, it's just the loading screen, right? Mm. Loading screen and a bar going up. This one has like all these little computer animations and stuff. And you hear a voice in the background that's telling you like, this is what is upgrading and blah, 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 blah. And I thought it was initially part of just, oh, this is like the intro. But no, it's actually like a thing that keeps you entertained while your game is initializing and you see like it's all colorful and you suddenly see a bar that says like you hear the voice is optimizing for hd resolution and like it's really cool the way that they do it like it makes it feel like it's actually going through that so that's actually the game is is really old michael it loads like instantly but people could not handle that so uh they had to just do stuff like that just to keep people entertained and pretend no because the game is like eight gigs or like was it eight or 18 i forgot what i said but it was something beefy that i was not expecting i guess whatever graphic overhaul they did is quite the uh quite the monster of a patch to put in there but it's not just command and conquer one that's in there right there's like different games uh, or... there's command and conquer the first one as well as command and conquer 2 red alert as well as the expansions Ooh, red alert. for those oh, so such a good I am, game. yeah i'm starting at the first one because i mm. didn't play it and i want that storyline because i think it continues on from the first yeah. one so i am playing through the first one first and then i'm gonna go and check out command and conquer 2 yes good but Red Alert, such a good game. It's the one that I played the most, I think. F- sharply followed by Generals, I think. So I know of Command & Conquer Red Alert, mm. um, but I never really got to it. So it's a classic. I'm looking forward to that. It's a classic. Uh, anyway, we have... Well, we played together once throughout this week, mm-hmm. and um, it didn't really go too well. Um, but we it were playing perfect. some Rocket League. We were playing some Rocket League. Yeah, we did. Uh, we jumped in together with Tom just to play some some matches, some placement matches. Which you know what? I, I really hate playing pr- placement matches in Rocket League because uh, <laughs> it's such a bad experience, uh, in my opinion. And I've talked to Tom about it as well earlier. And uh, because the, it has a tendency to pitch you up against people that are way, 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 way better than you. Uh, I don't think I actually think that we could have probably beat more of the ones that we actually did. I think we were rusty as well, but the overall feeling I have from playing the placement matches is that it just puts you in there with two good uh, people compared to you, uh, and then you end up in in like gold or something like that, and you're like, oh, how the hell did I get in gold? I, I lost all my matches. It doesn't feel good. It, it, it didn't feel like I earned my way into gold. It it felt like I lost my way into gold. <laughs> uh, but that being said, it is a fun game to play, especially together with, with friends and the banter is going. Um, so, so yeah, I, I don't know how you feel, Michael, because I know I'm probably the one that, that you know, drags <laughs> the team down a little bit. So h- how, how do you feel? Or, or should I even ask? Or should we just move on? Um, I do have to say that this is the first for me in that game is that I've never lost 12 games in a row. <laughs> um it was quite the experience. <laughs> uh, we lost quite a bit. I was actually surprised. But like you said, it, the placement matches are a bit weird. I would like to know more about like what the what the idea is behind the placement matches. Like how do how does the algorithm or whatever it does, how does it determine what people you go up against? Because it does, like you said, feel like you're going up against people that are more advanced than you sometimes and also we all were in different spots upon placement even though we played as a team all 10 placement games mm. each of us was seated differently that that thing i understand a little bit better though because that that depends on you know your your goal score and how, how many passes you make and assists and stuff like that where i'm usually not that high up on that because i'm i'm usually the guy just hanging back sort of deal i'm, I'm not uh, the way that i play is that i'm usually letting you you and tom be up front uh, sometimes i do go up it's not that i don't do that sometimes i also make a goal here and there but i am hanging back so i'm not i'm usually always third most of mm-hmm. the time, I'm third uh, when it comes to points alone. So th- I think that is what determines why I did, you know, get into the lowest rank. All right. Well, 
if anybody out there is listening and you actually know, like, if maybe you're like a Rocket League player that's been playing since the beginning and you know all the ins and outs, uh, feel free to reach out because I would like to know, like, what goes into those placement matches? How does it determine? Because I think, like, I got high gold, um, what was it, three or four? I was on the verge of plat. Mm. Um, and then you guys helped me bring that down a little bit. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. And I think Tom was probably like mid silver uh, three or something like that, and you were silver two, mm. somewhere around there. So um, I did battle my way up later on, uh, and I am now in platinum two. So yeah, yeah, I, I I did go in and play, and you know what? I really I really like playing with you guys more than just going in with randoms because uh, it's just I mean, first of all. One thing that was interesting, though, is when I went in, I did make more goals, did do more stuff, uh, but also just the team play is virtually non-existent. Mm-hmm. I managed to lose a game where we were ahead 4-0 and stuff like that. So, you know, um, it's I, I really if I, if I have to lose, I would rather lose together with you guys. Let's just put it that way. I agree there. <laughs> I agree there. Yeah, I agree. Uh-huh. All right. So that's it for Rocket League. Yeah. Uh, now... We did a thing a while back where we kind of sat here and we discussed creating an RPG. Mm-hmm. We just kind of sat down and we were talking about some things that we really enjoy. We built a little mini world. Um, possibly, we didn't really go characters. It was more of like what kind of concepts, what kind of mechanics and gameplay things would we like to see in an RPG? Yeah. So so today we're gonna revisit that, but we're gonna do FPS edition. Um, frames per like, second. Right? No, not the frames per second. The oh. other FPS, the first person shooters. Oh, I need to throw out all my notes then. <laughs> um. Now, when it comes to first person shooters, you can go a lot of different ways. Yes. So. I'm going to change it and not necessarily say FPS, but FPP, first person perspective. Okay. Cause there are a lot of different games now that would um, be considered like just a first person perspective hmm. where you're looking through the oh. eyes of the character rather so, than necessarily always shooting everything. Okay. So we also include stuff like uh, survival games could also be in here where you need to build stuff and things like that. Um, it could be, but I'm going to go with a flat no on that well, I mean, one I'm, because I'm, I'm, I'm I don't. Two, but I was just checking to make sure that I understood the rules. <laughs> uh, yes, but yeah, uh, it could go that way. I, I would love, like, just imagine this. You're like, you throw 100 people onto a map. You can build stuff. And the goal is to shoot everyone else. Uh, and, you know, that's a big ring that you need to always stay inside and it gets smaller and smaller. I think that's a good idea. Maybe like a cartoonish style. That would be amazing. Don't you think? Don't you yeah, think? sure, Marty. Um, I'll tell you what. You can type that up, send it to me. I'll print it out and I'll rip it and then I'll throw it out. Okay. <laughs> um, not only has it already been done, but I'm not a huge fan of that one anyway. Um, <laughs> so... Mm. Setting. Setting is I think the, the everything. Big, one big question is, uh, what type of... Is this like a big multiplayer where you can do a lot of stuff? Where you, I'm thinking, like, is this like uh, Destiny-style, you know, huge world? You, you can roam around as you want to. Or is this like more tailored to a single-player experience with a good story inside of it? Uh, which camp are you in, Michael? Because I know where I want to go, but I just want to... I am in the camp of kind of like the the Halos where um, and only the single player aspect of Halo and when I say single player let me not say single player the story aspect that can be played with let's say four people Mm. you can get a group of four people and you can play through a campaign type deal or you can play it single yeah. And you'll still have a good time, and you'll still all get to witness that story. Yeah. I like that idea. I, I like to play together with friends, but sometimes, you know, I also like to just be uh, ego and go in by myself and level up and not get yelled at for doing that. So, um, so yeah, I, I like that you can do both. 
Awesome. And then maybe later on in the future, we'll do like a part two, which is the multiplayer version or whatever. <laughs> um, but right now, this is a like a standalone um, campaign. Let's just mm. say campaign. Okay. Uh, all right. So speaking on that, once again, we come to the hard decision of where should this be taking place mm. um, in the sense of time period um alternate universe type deal i think we had uh what did we do fantasy for the last one or was mm-hmm. it the steampunk i think it was steampunk ish wasn't it yeah it was with fantasy elements I remember. yeah i mean i know there's there is a few games like this out there but i don't think that's and correct me if i'm wrong and i'm just ignorant but i don't feel like that's a good first person oh that probably is right now right now that i'm saying this I'm thinking that there probably is one game that I really don't haven't played much, and you'll now tell me that go play that <laughs> game. Um, but I I don't feel like at least there's not too many of this kind, and it's a little bit more of a fantasy setting where you can, you know, maybe maybe it's a sword and board. You can also maybe you you can find a bow, but it could also be magical. You have a wand or a staff and and magic spells stuff like that. Um, okay, so. Uh... From what it sounds, at least to me, is that we're going in a direction such as like a Elder Scrolls world, but not quite as like you walk out and it's expansive everything. Exactly, it, it's it's still focused on on a storyline that you need to go through, but but yeah, more more in like a fantasy world like that. Uh, and and I more... don't think that there's many games like that, at no. least right now. Um, no, but I did realize that, and it's because it's just because I haven't really played them too much. There is the Elder Scrolls and Skyrim and mm-hmm. stuff like that that probably falls into that category. But they're more like, as I see it, open world. You you need it's like a first person RPG sort of thing. Uh, where I don't I don't feel like that's the vibe we are going for. We're going for like a more tailored story. Um, yes. Still, you're able to play it with friends, but it, you 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 can just roam the world openly, I guess. I think what I would like to have here is if it was me, I would like to have a linear story progression path Mm. with when you get to certain areas, there might be little branching paths that you could go on and do like little mini quests here and there, Mm. especially if we're doing like a fantasy style thing. Um, And it would mainly be for like maybe like extra gear, uh, magical weapons, special things along those lines. And it's off the branching paths. You don't necessarily have to do them, but they would definitely benefit you if you did do that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I like that. Um, I just want to say I, I don't really feel like it has to be like RPG style where you, oh, I found this sword. It has a little bit extra uh, damage on it. Uh, I, I feel like that sh- it should be like set weapons, but maybe you can find. You can it, augment those weapons. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think that would be 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 could be cool. Um. So, where did it say? Oh. God of War kind of had this cool little system where instead of getting new weapons, you attach like different like um, on the axe, you would maybe have like a different handle on the bottom, like a different pommel. And when you attach that different pommel, it would have like a different boost or uh, certain abilities and things like that. So mm-hmm. are you thinking something along? Yeah, it, it, along it, those lines? it could potentially be that. Uh, I, I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm just thinking, you know, you know, those old school uh, FPS games, first person shooters, where you have like 10 different weapons and yeah, yeah, the yeah. further you get, uh, you unlock more and more of those weapons. Uh, but, okay. you, but, but yeah, but then maybe you can unlock something for them that changes them a little bit or just, uh, uh, yeah, small stuff like that. So yeah, similar. So to... we're going the Doom route, the Doom yeah, route. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. okay. That's weapons, cool, that's but cool. maybe, you, maybe you can do something to enhance them or to do something to them just to, you know, still customize yourself a little mm-hmm. bit in, in, in that, that way. All right, so we have a fairly linear progression path here in a fantasy setting. Now, fantasy setting, are we going high fantasy? Um, are we going more of like a, like a dark fantasy? Like, what is the tone of the world? Is it vibrant with colors? Is it dark and dreary? Is it a mix of both, depending on a portion of the story? I, I would say a, a bit of both. Uh, because obviously you you can get to those colorful 
places that are maybe a little bit more light and happy in the story, but obviously, you know, something could happen. Maybe there's an outside force that also have an impact on uh, those cheery worlds that we're in, uh, colorful worlds that impacts them, so they do turn a little bit more dark, stuff like that, maybe. I don't know. But but a mix, I would say. It, it's, it shouldn't just be, be one color palette, and then that's it. I mean, it's not a cheap game, Michael. This is a triple A. <laughs> um, okay. I always feel like like video games cheapen this type of characters um, and they make them like far too either populated or just not as sinister as they could be. But I do like the idea of like a large villain being being like a necromancer. Hmm. Like, a, like an actual like badass necromancer. Like I've done like D&D campaigns and yeah, like the necromancers are difficult, but the party usually wins, you know, like mm. they're not the big bad. They're almost always like being either controlled from the outside or they're their own entity and they're just terrorizing this town. I want like there to be just like this large necromancer type character, like whether it's like some side thing late in the game that it's like, hey, remember that area that you went to, like the Blighted Lands or whatever? Mm. Uh, it's rumored that that area is controlled by the Necromancer. And if he isn't defeated, then his plague will spread throughout the land and conquer everything. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I think that type of stuff is cool. Like, I like when I think fantasy for some reason, I think of not just the ability to shoot a fireball. But the ability to raise creatures from the dead and equip them with armaments to stop them from simply being a fragile skeleton. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm on board with that. Sounds good to me. Um, one thing that I think I, I, I haven't thought it completely through yet, and I don't know if it suits this, so bear with me or vote me down whatever you do, but <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know about it anyway. Um, I thought it could be cool if you could add some sort of tactical element to it. And I'm not completely sure what I mean by it, just that it, I think it sounds cool. Let's have something tactical about it. Uh, and But what I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about two different games. I'm thinking about uh, actually Command and Conquer the Shooter, where there was a little bit of base building inside of that that I thought was pretty cool that you could uh, help uh, on the maps. You actually could, you know, make a fortress and stuff like that. Um, but I'm also sort of thinking something along the line of, I don't have, have you played like the original Rainbow Six, uh, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six games? The um, I tried to, hmm. but it wouldn't let me just run in and shoot everything. <laughs> so I didn't get very far. Yeah, I, I really liked those games because you needed to be tactical. I also hated those games because you had to be so tactical about it. And that's why I don't want mm -hmm. to push it that far. But I like that there is some tactical element where you actually have to think about how you approach things beforehand. Um, maybe, you know, maybe it could be something along the lines because you said we are up to four players. Maybe you always have a party of four players and you have to take before you start the map or doing the map something. Maybe you need to do just some simple, uh, I, I guess it could be part of the difficulty settings how much you could order them to do maybe they on the lowest difficulty that just there and they know what to do and on the higher difficulties you actually need to point out uh, what they should do stuff like that but there's something that makes it a little bit tactical so it's not just running and shoot everything up and leave without looking at the explosions okay so my thought on this in order to tie it in with like let's say that fantasy type deal is like let's say you enter Let's say you enter a cave, right? Mm. You enter a cave. Um, it's not like you're stopping time and doing these strategic movements. Let's say you're there's a magical character in your party and they have like a sight ability. Mm. And they can use their sight and they can see the layout of the cave. They can see the enemies. They can see the layout of the cave. What you can do is you can't you make it so that the enemies are so overwhelming that if you did run in and just start hitting everything that they would overwhelm you. Mm. So instead that character that uses their magical ability, either it's your friend and you tell them physically like, Hey, 
use your thing, let's see what's going on here. Or you would issue a command based on your single player experience, like, hey, use your thing. They would look at it, and then based on the composition of the party, you would send different people to different areas of the cave. Like, they'd have to sneak to that area. Um, if there's, like, a like an archer, hunter-type character, they would be setting traps in certain areas. Maybe the... Um, the magical person could be setting up mirror images at different points of the cave so that you would be distracting certain you enemies as you pass. <laughs> so like my idea would be that either a each person would camp up in a spot and they would all aggro together so that you would pull the mobs apart and each person would have to deal with their thing think of it almost like destiny the original one uh, did you ever do vault of glass uh, the raid no, in Destiny no. One. No, not in Destiny. Um, no. Okay, but I'm sure you understand the idea of like there are those um those little circle pads where mm. when you stand on them, it starts to build and construct something, mm. but you're separate from your party and you're both kind of fighting um enemies while you're staying on that pad. Imagine that once you aggro everything, each of your party members pulls that group apart, mm. and now you're each fighting on your own. And if you manage to kill all yours, then you can go help someone else. Mm. But until then, you're in charge of like staying in your zone and doing your thing. It could be, yeah, that could be an example of stuff like uh, what what I'm thinking. Just just something where you need. Uh, I mean, um, you could probably come up with tons of different ideas like this with different things you can do. And, and I, I, I like that. I like something where it's not just who has the best aim and can run and jump at the same time while maintaining the best aim, but also just think a little bit about what you're doing. Something like that. Uh, something that yeah makes my something that tickles my brain. <laughs> Um, one thing that I would also like is I would, I'm a sucker for magic and mm. I always feel like a lot of games don't use magic properly in the sense of it's usually just way too offensive. Mm. There's like, imagine a thing where like your mage actually has to like create this giant barrier and the barrier lasts for a certain amount of time. And as the barrier is up, the enemies are outside and they're like trying to slam on the barrier. And everyone needs to like start setting things up so that once they, once the barrier goes down, like you're actually able to handle that horde. So like if you end up getting in a position where you're overrun, you actually have a chance to um, mm. adjust things to try well, to make it work. You, you can also use it as a utility and split a huge amount apart. So you can split yeah, them yeah, up yeah. And, and you can take out the, the first group. Uh, a little bit more easier than if, if you had all of them on you at the same time. And that's like an RTS move type deal, like StarCraft 2, where you would use mm -hmm. the sentries to put the barriers down and it split the army. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of different ways to go about it. Um, yeah. And you would want it where it's not too overbearing. Or there are games like, like Dragon Age Inquisition has it where you can go through and you can either just whack everything as your character or you can like kind of pause and then it goes to like an overhead view and you can like issue commands to your people mm. um so that might not work if you're playing with a whole group of people but it might work no. if you're doing it solo yeah yeah i i think it's all down to also balancing because i mean one thing is if you're playing it alone because we always did say that you you can play it alone but you can also play with friends so um so that, that definitely I, I don't know how you would balance it but i guess it doesn't matter this is just a thought experiment right so we'll let um, know. you could you could balance it based off of weapons mm. perhaps um like whatever weapons people have like maybe each class that is represented has like a defensive build and an offensive build um and then maybe there's like a a center portion and whatever items you find like you said you can switch at any time between certain things mm. but there might be synergies or maybe there are certain items that you find like cloaks that enhance certain things uh, and these wouldn't be like random drops or anything like that it would be more so of like you could switch to that cloak at any time based on the situation yeah, yeah maybe I'm just trying to think of like different games that have done it in different ways but I don't think that there's a whole lot at least in my experience that I've actually played no other than like you said like the Rainbow Six like the shooters were like you guys go there <laughs> yeah I missed that game I played the Star Wars one that was like that 
there was um what was it republic commando oh never never you had a squad yeah we think you had a squad of uh troops and you could command them around uh and it was like a rainbow six style (laughs) yeah anyway anything else we we want in our first person or or first person uh, perspective game not a lot of platforming (laughs) um some games are able to do it but a lot of games aren't and i feel like first person platforming is not always really all that exciting um it's sometimes hard to judge your jumps and based on whatever abilities people have, like how far do you space them? And I just, while I do think it's funny watching people fail so many times in destiny, trying to do the, uh, the platforming puzzles. It is quite annoying when somebody's like, I thought this was a first person shooter. I can't platform. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, no platforming, at least I'm fine with that. I'm okay. fine with that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. No, I guess I don't know. I guess there's just more different ways that I would. Uh, I guess I'm more invested in like RPG style games than I am FPS games. Like when it comes to FPS games, you don't have to do much to really entertain me. I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I do think an FPS game, at least if it's one that is focused on a campaign is carried largely on how everything feels. Mm. So how does it feel when you're casting a spell? Like if you have a controller in your hand, is the controller rumbling as like your spell is being casted on that? note, I don't, I think that a character, unless they're already shown to be extremely advanced in their magical abilities, I don't think every character, at least magical, should have the ability to instantly cast a fireball. Or an archer can, like, instantly get a headshot just because it can move the mouse cursor to the head. Mm. Like, I think that those should be things that maybe if, like, you're an archer, then the more as the game progresses, your character naturally um, gains the ability to aim easier. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that's, like, a level system or if it's, like at certain points in the game your bow gets a different upgrade to it that helps steady it out which coincides with like your ability and your natural um usage of the bow mm. yeah, no, so that I, way like i think that i yeah. think that makes good sense uh that that is definitely you know the more uh, experience you're getting your character is getting at, at using the weapons obviously you're the the better and easier they will be able to use those weapons i know that makes makes perfect yeah. sense I, I like that i like that idea because then there's also i mean you, you you do see it a lot in a lot of games as well that you know you have that progression where you're like you, uh when when you have uh, played through it you know you you upgrade your uh, abilities or your weapons and whatever and when you then if you then at some point go back and start over you realize that oh this these are the abilities and this is what you start out with i feel so weak now <laughs> mm-hmm. so so yeah i'm on board with that that should definitely be a progression like that yeah i was trying really hard not to not to rpg it mm. <laughs> because i was like oh you get this level up and we don't want it to be like a I, I, point system no, where you put I, points I, in certain th- attributes and things like that no i i don't think that but i, I still think that there's a lot of first person shooters that still starts that that you uh gradually unlock stuff and your character just gets more and more uh, uh abilities unlocked and can do more stuff and getting more and more powerful so i definitely think that's a valid system that, that that's not necessarily averaging everything up yeah, and I think that I would prefer it to be more of like an overt thing rather than like, hey, here's this giant tree, and once you get to the top of the tree, like you're the badass archer. I would like it to be more of like, I'm not leveling up as much as I am gaining natural experience, like through usage of it. I think in Oblivion, there was a system, like, yes, you could put points in certain things, but there was also the more you jumped, the better your athleticism got Mm -hmm. and it would naturally keep going up the more you did these things and i think that um a system like this that if you paste it throughout the story it could work really well in the sense of you needed to do these things in order to get to this point so naturally Mm. you would be able to shoot your bow better or you'd become stronger or once you cast fireball a certain amount of times 
of course you're going to eventually get better at the spell itself so that you can go from needing time to like have a, a page or something up or a book and then you're like reading it and it, casting at the same time to immediately being able to cast it later mm. yep like it ah Put it see, in i occasionally have good ideas <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, yeah i, I think, think we're <laughs> i think that's good. i think that's a solid game now we just need a story and someone to program it that's on you guys out there get on it <laughs> <laughs> what i really think is interesting just from the the two ones that we've done already we have went with genres and games that we actually haven't don't see typically and often and i find it interesting also because you know the gaming industry is going with all the safe bets and stuff like that instead because, yeah. you know they just want to make make their, their money's worth um and so I, I really think that there is a lot of um showers and small niches out there that is that definitely deserves a little bit more love because there is people out here who wants to, to play these sort of you know the not not so typical uh, call of duty game and what mm -hmm. and whatnot uh, there is yeah i completely agree when the gamecube came around it was announced that metroid the next metroid game was going to be an fps And immediately everybody thought Call of Duty. Hmm. And then all of a sudden, you're in space. And the game, yes, it has a lot of shooting and things like that. But the game is not necessarily a first-person shooter. In fact, Nintendo did not want to call it a first-person shooter. They called it a first-person adventure. Hmm. I think it was. I think that was the language they used. And it really did feel like that. Like, you weren't just shooting everything in sight but rather you were on this alien world and you were exploring this alien world and uncovering things and it was a mystery that was going on i feel like sometimes nowadays games go too hard in one direction or the other mm. like a lot of these indie games will go very hard into this um here's our weird story and things are crazy but there's not a lot of like it's It just feels really off sometimes when I play like an indie FPS game where it's just all based on story where I'm like, okay, every time I'm not listening to your story and I have to do your gameplay stuff, it's not that fun. Mm. Like, I'm sorry, I really like the story, but I'm just not interested in the gameplay at all. That's probably just a personal thing. I was watching Tom play Stories Untold yesterday and he had to do like all his computer stuff where it had a really cool story on whatever was going on and then he had to log on to a terminal mm. and actually do like coding things where it was like line two and he had to look at a report and see what line two said and he had to either input what line two said or infer and figure out like what does this w stand for and blah 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 mm. and it was just the game that i knew that if it was me behind there I would get frustrated and I would never see the story because I would not want to deal with that gameplay loop. And then it would basically be an untold story for you. It would definitely be one. It's <laughs> that's my that's my problem with horror games is that a lot of horror games like Outlast and Amnesia, I don't think they're great games. Uh, I think they're decent, but it is really annoying. Like, oh my god, I need to find another battery for my camera. Like. I just want to play the game. I don't want to, like, I get the idea of, like, scavenging for supplies and things like that, but hmm. stop. Why does every horror game have to be about scavenging for supplies? <laughs> and then these intricate puzzles that you, did you move the painting 45 degrees? <laughs> What painting? No. <laughs> What's 45 degrees? Anyway, That's a heat before measure, I continue ranting about different games, we're at the end. We are. It's, We it's made it. Already been an hour. We got through once again. Maybe you yes. did too. Maybe you're still listening. Don't know why. <laughs> well, Marty's bringing down the mood. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, first of all, would like to thank everybody that listened for coming out, listening to us. And as always, if you would like to build on anything we've discussed, whether it's an FPS game that you would like to do, you could build one from scratch too and let us know. I promise we won't steal your ideas and pitch it to a company and make all the money off of it. I don't know about Marty though. He remained oddly I, quiet during I, I that. definitely didn't have my fingers crossed. 
<laughs> so if you like our idea for an FPS game, be sure to let us know. And you can do so over at the email. You can email us at two nerds, maybe more at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at two nerds, maybe more with the two being the number. And of course you can always check out the website, which is two nerds, maybe more.com where you can find all of our previous episodes there as well. So if you want to see what our thoughts are on RPG games, and how to build the perfect one. Go check that one out. <laughs> Absolutely. That was a good episode. So is this. So, yeah. Yes. Thanks, yes, yes, thanks yes. for listening. <laughs> thanks for listening to it. Thanks to, yeah. for listening to us rambling about uh, game mechanics and stuff that we have no idea how to build. And this is probably impossible, but it's fun. You just copy paste. Oh, yeah. That's how you just Google and find some code and copy paste it. And that's how you do it. That's how you code. I do it every that's day. That's right. You- you just download your favorite games on Steam, look in the code, find the, co- the line that you like, copy it, paste it, boom. <laughs> That's how you do it. It's so easy. <laughs> Everybody can and do on it. That, <laughs> and on that note, we will see all of you in the next episode. Thank you all for coming by. And take care of yourselves. Bye. Bye. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studios. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.